Hey there! You're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends! Yay! Welcome! (laughs) The inaugural episode of Make New Friends. So we're going to start by introducing who we are and then go a little into what this podcast is going to be. So again, my name is Mary Aikman. I'm a 25-year-old from Florida. Um, I have a degree, a master's degree in museum studies, and that's where my career path is going. But I also love digital media and all the stuff you can do online. And so um, I'm involved in YouTube and other podcasts and community development and just a bunch of things and this is just one of them yeah um so uh, a little bit about me my name is sienna mooney i'm a 25 year old graphic designer photographer and just all-around creative person and i live in england with my husband and our two cats so yeah that's just me in a nutshell i mean what else do i need to say about myself really i think i've covered it (laughs) I think I really think you did a much better job than I did explaining yourself. <laughs> no, I think that um, we both did a great job, Mary. Like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so I need to work on it. <laughs> that's okay. It's it's the first podcast, you know. This is all new, uh, especially for me. I've never done a podcast before. So, but speaking of podcasts, let's talk a little bit about make new friends and how it came to be. I guess so. Yeah, Mary, uh, why are we doing a podcast? First of all, we're friends. Are we? Important to say at the beginning. Actually, you're my arch nemesis. And this is how we're making a friendship out of um, the evil that lies between us. Uh, (laughs) Sienna tweeted about wanting to, I think it was wanting to make a blog or a podcast about... I think you said about friendship, right? Yeah. You specifically um, stated friendship? Yeah. So uh, I guess a little bit of a backstory is that in 2016, I did a year-long photo journal, and I uh, found myself talking a lot about friendship and reflecting on that a lot, and I found that I have a lot to say on the topic, and I wasn't really sure what medium to put that on, whether to make another blog specifically about friendship or to just keep all of my thoughts to myself and self-publish a book or something um, or to you know delve into the world of podcasting which is like totally new to me Um, and here we are yeah Mary volunteered (laughs) her services and um, I'm really glad she did because Mary's a really cool person and we have a lot in common but not so much that I think that it would be redundant and boring to just talk for 30 or 45 minutes about like like one topic and only getting one perspective I think that even though we're very similar we both have different experiences so right and I think we're another reason why I jumped onto this was because I think that Sienna and I are in the a similar position right now in terms of our friendships and our lives and um, we're just trying to find a way to talk about it but you know be creative and um you know maybe make something out of this kind of slump in our friendship (laughs) lives so hey maybe we'll make new friends through this through interviews through people who listen um and it's all about that right like any kind of in my opinion any kind of stuff you put on the internet is about creating community and creating um relationships with people 
um, that you wouldn't normally experience because it's all online and most people live like eons away from you. So yeah, and um, I guess launching off of that, sort of want to talk about like how Mary and I came to be friends. You know, right now Mary's in Florida and I'm in England, so obviously we're not in the same location. And um, actually. The bulk of our friendship has not even existed, like, in the same location. We didn't meet each other in school or anything. Do you remember how we met, Mary? Yeah, so we met each other on a thing called Google Plus Hangouts, which Mm -hmm. still exists, by the way. If you... I still do them occasionally with people. Um, It's such a great resource in terms of meeting and talking with people on the internet. So I think that we were just both in a... Uh, hangout one night, um, had mutual friends that were there, and it just grew from there. When you're on Google Hangouts, it's a great place to meet people because it's it's not like on a forum or like on a in a comment section because you're actually seeing the other person and you're learning a lot more about them. I don't know if anybody knows about that trick about your mind making up a decision about someone in five seconds as soon as you see them. It's sort of the same thing with. Uh, video chats online is that because you have that visual the relationship can be created much more quickly Um, and so yeah google hangouts takes me back like summer of 2010 when you know youtube and google weren't fully integrated yet (laughs) and it was all so new Uh. before they made us made us like not even like but made us use google plus those were the worst everything has changed now r.i.p can't escape it um okay so yeah that's basically like how we met and so that was i i think that was like in 2010 or you know sometime around yeah yeah 2011 i think probably was the first time but then we met met for yeah (laughs) see look at us so in sync Go ahead, go ahead. So we met at the second ever Playlist Live, and that was Mary's, like, second time going to Playlist, and that was my first time. And it was really weird meeting Mary because, like, we'd just, like, basically bumped into each other in a Google Plus Hangout, and then um, we were at some, like, party, you know, like, whatever, and uh, Mary was on the sofa, I remember that, and I think you were on your laptop or your phone or something, and... uh, then you were like, oh, yeah, you're in Slytherin. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just became like, we became buds. So, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much and it. And then our friendship grew when I moved to New Orleans where Cece was living after university for a couple months for an internship. And so and then I had to move out of my apartment like a week or so earlier than I needed to leave. And so then I went and I crashed in CC's (laughs) place. And oh, that was a good time. Remember when my car got uh, broken into? Yeah, super great. I'm from New Orleans, uh, by the way. So it's just part of who I am, you know, introducing my (laughs) friends to bad neighborhoods, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then the second time that our paths crossed was actually quite recently when Mary moved over to England for her graduate program in London. So we saw each other, I'd say like at least like once a month. Yeah, pretty often. You did a lot of traveling, (laughs) especially towards the end (laughs) of your stay in the UK. Yeah, I was trying to get everything out, you know, in one year. So yeah, I I was kind of a busy bee in terms of doing stuff. That was really valuable because one, I got to know Pappy a lot better. 
Yeah. I, I mean, which is Cece's husband. You'd only met him before at Playlist Live, I think, when we were yeah. boyfriend and yeah. girlfriend. No, I, I met him once other other time. I think you guys visited Tallahassee. Oh, we my gosh. Movies. Yeah, that was like when I was um, traveling from Orlando to New Orleans to yeah. move there. <laughs> so. And that's when I met your mom. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she gave you a ride home after we saw The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh i totally forgot about that oh man yeah but that was the first no that was the second time i'd met pappy oh and pappy just pappy's our producer by the way he also goes by alex so shout out to paps uh he says that he remembers all of that so good 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 to know that producer alex remembers and he can verify so that's us yeah i think that that's that's us in in a nutshell um should we talk a little bit about what to expect from season one of make new friends We've already talked about uh, how the podcast came to fruition. We've basically planned out the first season, and I'm really excited to share with you all, all of you listeners, uh, what we have in store. (laughs) Um, It's basically going to be more adult-focused, so I think we're largely going to be taking a look at that area of life, but we're also going to be winding back the clock and looking at how friendships used to be formed like in childhood and um asking some bigger questions like can pets be your friend uh i mean that's so excited for that (laughs) yeah we both have cats i think we're like dying to know um (laughs) and also another thing about the podcast is although we're going to be using a lot of our personal experiences we're also really excited to do the research and to have open discussions as well and um, about halfway through the season we're going to take a little bit of a break where we shake it up a bit and um, get some listener stories in and hopefully answer some of your questions and potentially give out some advice so um, at the end of each episode we'll do a call for that and you can send us an email or give us a tweet and you can let us know what's on your mind and we might read it in the mid-season break although we're going to be relying on our personal experiences a lot which sienna touched on a little at the beginning we're also going to be looking at research and what psychology and science says about friendships and relationships and why humans tend to experience the same things i think on a wider societal level friendships are sometimes pushed to the side um in favor of romantic relationships especially if we look at movies or television shows and stuff like that although friendship always has like a centerpiece it's never like the pivotal part of a but thing launching off of that i do think that in like tv and film and even uh literature friendship often between like you know a guy and a girl because everything's heteronormative anyway it usually ends up being a romantic thing in the end you know like right right oh you can't be friends with the opposite sex or like someone that uh you could potentially be romantically interested in because you're gonna be interested in them so i think that the narrative keeps going back to romance and doesn't Mm -hmm always just remain on the platonic side of everything right and i mean it's untrue i think (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) so untrue because i in my experience at least like most of my really good friends especially in the last like five ten years have been guys and they have not been romantic Mm. relationships they've just been friendships yeah and also i just think like the quantity of friends you'll have in your life uh is probably going to overshadow the number of like romantic 
relationships you'll have, you know? Like, even going as far as, like, uh, you know, from best friends to, like, casual acquaintances, you know? Like, you're not going to fall in love with every person you become friends with, so... Right. All right. So we're just going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why making new friends might be easier said than done. So stay tuned. Hey, guys, it's Sienna. Just wanted to pop my head in in here and just give you a little heads up. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Make New Friends. Um, I hope you're enjoying it so far. Uh, Just wanted to say um, Mary and I have been working really hard on this podcast. We've poured everything into it and we're so excited that it's finally going. Um, And we just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for the support. Uh, We don't pay for advertising and I know it's like kind of lame to like ask this, but it would be really, really helpful if you like the podcast um, if you just share it with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your dog, the baby you see at the store, anyone, <laughs> and just let them know that you like Make New Friends, that'd be so helpful. Uh, but also another way that you could help us out and also help other people find the podcast is by giving us a rating on iTunes, and that's really helpful, especially for a new podcast. It really boosts our visibility, so that would be so great if you could just take, you know, a couple seconds and give us a little rating. Um, another thing I wanted to mention before I go is that we have a blog, makenewfriendspodcast.com slash blog. Each week we're going to have a guest blogger write a companion piece to the podcast episode. And this week I have actually written a little bit about the difficulties I've found with making new friends. Um, and actually it's a little bit personal. So <laughs> if you like that kind of stuff, make sure you check out the blog. That's makenewfriendspodcast.com slash blog. The next episode of Make New Friends will be out on June 14th, so make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it. All right, back to the podcast. Welcome back to Make New Friends. So now let's talk about why making new friends might be easier said than done. Mary, do you want to start us off? So... This is the part of the podcast where we go into a bit of research and what I want to drop first is a study done by a couple of people, Germans it looks like. There was four people involved in the study and the study is called Social Network Changes and Life Events Across Lifespan and it's all summed up in this beautiful Psychology Today article which us normal folk love because we can learn without (laughs) having to read extensive analytical data (laughs) essentially what it says is there was a couple of like major points that i just really related to when i was reading it and i'm like yes that's so true that's so true so the first one is that most people peak their friendships in their 20s would you agree oh absolutely absolutely i think that That probably correlates really well with, like, finishing schooling. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, something that we'll probably speak about in other episodes, but having friends of convenience. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes with school because you're just around people for, like, 15 years and then all of a sudden you don't have to be around them and you're like, oh, shoot, I can have other friends. (laughs) The world is not just my peers in school. (laughs) But this article also mentioned that it's not just like the number of friends that you have in your 20s peaks, but also like 
the strength of friendships usually peak. So it was also stating that that usually after you're like mid 20s or into your 20s, you stop having a best friend. Like most people don't have a best friend. And the whole reason is because you start having to compartmentalize your life a lot more than you used to. It mentioned about like you have your kids and your kids' parents. Those are your friends. And then you have your spouse and then you have your work friends or you have like your social netball practice friends or you have you have a lot of like different areas and none of them like converge together take your children's parents those friends what you have in common is your children but those people aren't going to understand your social netball practice friends uh, because they don't participate in that part of your life so having a best friend someone who encompasses like every part of your life is super super rare and just reading that i would completely agree yeah, I I thought that this uh, study was really interesting, and I thought that the author of the article for Psychology Today, uh, Dr. Denise Cummins, her advice on how to respond to the life changes was a little oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gives uh four four what would you call them approaches or steps yeah. per- perhaps for how to respond to uh, your friendship pool dwindling as you become a young adult um so number one is to go out and look for con specifics which is someone like you or has parts like you so someone that has a shared interest like maybe they're a youtuber like you you know it's just so easy to make youtube friends or um like let's say that you love playing tennis maybe you take up a tennis club so that's like the first step the second one is to accept invitations even if you don't want to go because <laughs> Everybody knows that forcing yourself into social situations works out great. <laughs> so I thought that one was like top notch, Denise, top notch. Then <laughs> number three was appreciate that what people look for in a friend has changed, which is what you mentioned, Mary. Um, so most people apparently are looking for people who are open to just being with them. And I think that that's yeah. something I hadn't really considered before because as someone who has a lot of like social anxiety, you know, I think, oh my gosh, no one wants to be my friend. Why am I even here? Um, and so to think that, you know, people are looking for someone who just wants to be with them and that's it is a new thing for me to kind of bring into the mix. So maybe I will try and use that a bit more. Probably the most helpful out of all of these steps. And then the final step is... That's weird. Okay, you say the last (laughs) step, and then I'm going to comment on step three. (laughs) So step four is appreciate that social relationships in business are based on rank and power. And um, yeah, I, I felt that this step wasn't super necessary. I feel like that was kind of self-explanatory but for those of you who may be a little like unsure of like what that means basically don't expect to be friends with your boss and don't expect to um be friends with the interns you know you should look for someone who is at the same level as you because that way you'll have more in common um but also it's important to remember like don't be mean to people because if you ascend the food chain and then you fall back down, you will see all of those people that you wronged on your way up. So yes, just yes. something to keep in mind. I mean, as well. speaking of YouTube, oh, let's not let's not very go. specific. 
or you need to be wary of those relationships with people who have like more social power than you because Mm -hmm. it can lead to abusive relationships as well if especially if that person of the higher position recognizes their power um sometimes they can use it in ways that it's just not good you're not a good human essentially if you use it in that way but that's just a little point those are all again abusive relationships all that that's stuff that we'll get into um in episodes down the line so look forward to that (laughs) back to point three if i can remember exactly what i wanted to say so just to refresh your memory it says appreciate that what people look for in a friend has changed and people are usually looking for people who are open to just being with them okay see when i hear that i'm like i don't want to be with someone who just (laughs) wants to be with someone else you know yeah because then i'm thinking like do am i are you hanging out with me are you my friend just because I'm around and if there was someone else who was maybe slightly cooler or whatever that you would immediately go off to them just because you need like physical friendship or like you know yeah I totally get that but I think a lot of what the article on psychology today was talking about was just that you need to let go of like having those like great friendships which kind of I don't want to Mm, you know like that really sucks to have to like be like, well, I guess I've I've got to just have a friend for every activity. I can't have a friend that does it all, you know? So I, I get it, but um, I definitely agree with the thoughts of, like, friendships of convenience, you know? Is this person just being my friend because I see them every week at yoga? <laughs> Maybe. That's where I think you have the opportunity to form deeper and more long-lasting and meaningful friendships. This research probably won't make you feel any better about your friendship state but um no (laughs) according to a study that was published in the harvard business review by alex sandy in quotations pentland uh in the research titled you have fewer friends than you think so off to a great start basically after analyzing self-reported relationship surveys only about half of friendships are reciprocal which means, you know, you might say you're friends with Susie, but Susie doesn't think you're friends. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider, too. Um, this article also said that when you're looking for friends, look for buddies that are peers with about the same number of friends and many friends in common. So it's pretty similar to what Denise was saying in her advice. This research um, in another article was going around a couple I think maybe like a year and a half, two years ago on social media. Like I remember reading this and seeing it on people's Facebook profiles. So you might have heard something similar and this might not Mm. be new information to you as you grow up and thinking about how your relationships are and and not trying to you don't want to overvalue one friendship when when you're undervaluing another that's actually more likely to be a friendship you kind of have to like sit back every once in a while and be like why am i friends with these people is it a reciprocal relationship am i pining to be their friend do they not care yeah and sometimes people are just so desperate to have like certain people as friends or so desperate to have friends that they just that they're overlooking some aspects of the relationship exactly Yeah. So going into that, um, I came across some very interesting uh, friendship criteria 
as defined by the author Bill Rollins, who has written a couple of books actually about friendship. One is titled Friendship Matters, and the other one is The Compass of Friendship. So in this article published uh, for Ohio University by Adam Liebendorfer, um, he's detailing some of the topics that Bill Rollins talks about quite often. And so I just wanted to go into this this criteria because we're starting to touch on that a bit um so it's five five simple things to remember to define a friendship and this is all according to bill rollins so number one is that friendship needs to be voluntary no coercion allowed so that (laughs) means like it has to kind of be both sides idea you know you can't just be like hey want to be my friend and the other person is like well i have no choice I, i guess i have to be the second criteria is that it needs to be affectionate you have to like each other you know it can't it can't be any other way it's not a friendship if you hate each other number three is that friends must like each other it's the same thing as number two <laughs> and number four <laughs> it's a bit repetitive Come honestly on, liebendorfer well actually bill rollins wrote this but oh oh i see not liebendorfer no sorry. That's okay. I don't think he minds. Um, number four is that a friendship must be personal between people. And what's more, something must put the friends on equal ground. So I think that that is, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about that. I feel like that's kind of just like, oh, yeah, like friendships are secretive. Does that make sense? Mm. Would you agree? I don't know if I would define it that way, but that's fine. Well, and then the last one is that a friendship is mutual. And I think that these five criteria are pretty, I'd say basic, but I do think that they are kind of key in looking at any of your relationships and seeing, you know, how how is this going? Are, am I pulling more of the weight than this other person? Or, you know, are we just kind of miscommunicating, but it's all good, you know? Uh, I think that Every once in a while, you do kind of need to look at it and um, maybe look at the criteria from Bill Rollins and maybe that'll help you. (laughs) What do you think about that? (laughs) I mean, really, the most starkest point, as we've already mentioned, is that it's really repetitive. It could have all been summed up in friendships have to be mutual. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And um, one of the things in some of the research I've seen is that, you know, friendship needs to be reciprocal. And I think that that um, is absolutely true you know like especially in instances where um you know you're not in like the best friendship Mm -hmm. and maybe then it doesn't feel like they are pulling their weight and that it's not being reciprocal at all because it's all on your shoulders to carry the friendship and to reach out or make plans or whatever so some of the stuff that bill rollins has set out in some of his books he's created a model for how friendship is formed and it's in two stages Mm -hmm. so the first stage is like your basic stage right you meet each other it's a little awkward you've only got like a few talking points like how when we met each other we were just like yeah we're both slytherins and we do youtube (laughs) (laughs) and um so in the small talk you see those similarities with this potential friend and from then you're ready to lay down the friend foundation as it were and so conversations become more substantial and you develop more personal topics and then you actually start hanging out with the person and that's when stage two happens 
you go official. You're actually friends with this person and you have your rituals. You know, maybe you see them at lunch or you call them on the weekend or, you know, you go to the movies or you go shopping. You do something pretty regularly with this person. Yeah. But then you also develop trust and you have more intimate details shared among you. And hanging out becomes less arranged and it becomes more meaningful. You know, you just happen to be in the neighborhood. So you pop in, you watch some Netflix, play some video games, whatever. You become friends. And then friends may stay or the relationships may crest and begin to wane because you are feeling a little more confident, a little more go-getter. You might be looking to uh, widen your friendship circles And so that's when the independence can really make or break a friendship Mm. because independence equals personal growth and branching out, which means that people drift apart. But obviously, that's not how every friendship ends. And these sort of stages are completely subjective. Right. I think it's it's a good baseline for a friendship or maybe it's like an average friendship bell curve (laughs) i think that you could apply these two stages to your friendship or whatever and sort of see okay so we are we've just gotten out of stage one we're starting to ritualize things and um you can probably use the details of these stages to look at it and be like oh they're they're getting a little distant so what can i do what can we do is this worth putting in the effort Um, because you know sometimes it's not but sometimes it is and sometimes uh, it's worth reaching out and just being like hey let's hang out and still be friends especially when things start to wane all it takes is that one like person to step over the line and be like hey we should hang out again and then all of a sudden it's better but then uh, sometimes it's just not so the author of those books is bill rollins um and the article is by adam liebendorfer for ohio university and also another thing in the article um and i'm not sure if if bill rollins said this or if adam liebendorfer did but basically uh that friends constantly negotiate a set of tensions and that means that you're it's a, it's always like a fine just balance or like a complicated little dance you do. And so mm-hmm. um, they said that the first set of tensions you deal with are ideals and realities. And problems often arise when one friend thinks that two friends should be connected at the hip with many of the same interests and moral positions. And the tension occurs when the other friend doesn't agree. And so the next tension after that is between public and private um, information. So how the friends interact in shared social situations can be a make or break moment, you know, like maybe you are just becoming like really good friends with this person and you share a bit of information that you thought would be fine to share with other friends, but they told you that information in confidence, And that can really throw a wrench into the works Mm -hmm. of the friendship locomotive. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to note that although a lot of the times in uh, film, TV, and in books and whatever, uh, you hear about all of the really great friendships that have no troubles. You know, you became friends at birth and, you know, you were friends until you were on your deathbed. That's not real life, you know. Um, friendships. That's an alternative fact. Friend, 
<laughs> Friendships are as complicated as romantic relationships and you know, they are worthy of being talked about. And I think that it's super important, especially if you are, you know, just forming relationships and you're wondering like, oh my gosh, why, why is this hurting me so much? It's because it matters to you. And also um, because sometimes the media doesn't really portray an accurate representation of what like an actual friendship might look like. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Would you agree? I would agree. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm all about that shaming the media today. <laughs> um, I just have one more thing I wanted to talk about. And Mary, I actually have a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a best friend? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a best friend, essentially. Really? Like ever? Yeah. Wow. Nope. Um, I think it's just that I have always had friends that I that our relationship would be considered like to an outside person, probably best friends. But on a more one on one level, it was always like I thought we would are best friends or that they were my best friend. But then they saw someone else as their best friend. Mm -hmm. And I used to be bitter about that i used to like hate that it doesn't always have to work out that way like i think that i could still probably call some of these people my best friend yeah um and it would be fine like i just don't feel comfortable calling someone else a best friend when i know that they would choose someone else first yeah i totally get you you know i don't have a best friend other than my partner which is my husband so that's a little complicated because i feel like It's almost like a cop-out. I feel like I'm looking for a best friend to weigh in on, like, my life and stuff. And how can I have my partner do that when he is involved in every aspect of my life? Yeah. So, um, personally, I don't feel like I have a a best friend um, that is acting in strictly a friend capacity. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking for, you know? Are you looking for a best friend at the moment? Uh, not really. Just, like, a... Uh, a friend group maybe i yeah I, I definitely feel like i'm looking more for a friend group i function better with lots of friends on like a smaller relationship level mm. um and this is something i've actually talked about in a youtube video before um i think it was titled like i don't have a best friend or something like <laughs> that i just function better with lots of friends rather than like a close small group of friends Mm. And I and I just don't like that. I'd rather have like a ton of people that I could go to at different times or hang out with a bunch of people at once. Um, but that's just me. Mm. No, I, I totally get you, um, especially since moving to England. Um, I've felt very isolated, I guess is a good word to use. And um, it's really tough, like moving back somewhere or uh, moving to a new place because, you know, you don't really have that friendship group or those social ties that you maybe used to in the past or whatever. So uh, I think we're both in kind of similar boats being mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of friendless at the moment. <laughs> um, but hopefully through uh, doing this podcast, maybe we can learn some stuff about friendship and apply it to the real world agreed yeah agreed so that about wraps up the first episode of make new friends
Do you have anything else you want to add before we go into the outro? My Twitter account is Mary Aikman. Um, that's M-A-R-Y-A-K-E-M-O-N. And, and Sienna? My Twitter is at Sienna Mooney, S-I-E-N-N-A-M-O-O-N-E-Y. Um, so that's where you can find us online as well as various other places if you're into scavenger hunts. Um, and that's about it. Thank you so much for listening to Make New Friends. Do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share? Email us at makenewfriendspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at New Friends Pod. Special thanks to our producer, Alex Papworth, and music by Max Wallace. For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week.